It's time for everybody's favorite show about the great state of Utah. It's the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, free defender of all that is woman, Jeremy, the daddest of dads, Jessica, producer extraordinaire, and Chris, pretend radio leader of the show. Still don't like it. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's my voice I have to hear. And you're not pretend, you're Pharrellsies. No, I'm a, definitely a pretend radio host. A pretend leader. Yeah. I'm not leading no. shit. Sure you are. Leading us right into oblivion. <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> hey, are we still in, this is the new Utah podcast, as you heard in the intro. Episode uh, 206. 206. Two more episodes until four years of shitty podcasting that no one listens to. Um, Coming at you every week. We won't do anything special because the COVID has got the whole fucking country on lockdown and no big parties. And we did have tacos today. It is. It is white people taco day. It Cinco is. de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. That's the new name. Let's just call it that from white now people on. taco day. I prefer Revenge of the, the fifth. fifth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my signature has said all day. Also, Jack pointed out how stupid I am. So we, we had a decision, a hard decision this weekend, because there's no TV, right? There's no new network TV stuff. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. Most of them stopped filming two months ago and haven't made anything. So who knows what's going to happen with all that? Um, <clears throat> so we're deciding on what to watch. And so I'm like, I, it's, it's May the 4th be with you coming up. I'm like, why don't we watch some Star Wars Clone Wars? Right, because I've been watching a lot of the movies, but I was like, "Why don't we watch Clone Wars?" We we never finished it. I think Disney Plus has it. I go on to yeah. Disney Plus, all I see is the last season that they made, and I see the movie thing, and I'm like, "God damn it, where's the other season?" Apparently, I'm just a dumbass, and you just go to the one where the last season is, and you can go to the first season. Oh yeah, you open in Disney Plus, you go to the season thing. Yeah, and you have the option to. But it was only it only said the final season on everything I saw, <laughs> and so I was like, "God damn it." So it's just the Disney season. They don't have the other one streaming yet. So I feel stupid, but we did watch The Witcher. Oh, was that one good? Oh, it's so good on Netflix. It is fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. That is not a family-friendly show, though. No. That's an after-hour show for you. Although, to be fair, there's a lot less dick like swinging around on that show, unlike Westworld, which is just like a that, plethora of That thing has like penis. schlongs everywhere. <laughs> plethora of penis. I'm writing that down. Plethora. I watched Hollywood, which is a new series on Netflix. Sound good? Uh, what? Is that one good? It's fantastic. It's set in the like the late 30s, early 40s. What's it Hollywood. about? Um, just oh, like Hollywood? yeah, no, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the racism and sexism and basically like he ryan murphy is the executive producer and he did american horror story and glee and all the fun shows that i watch but not glee i will say netflix has produced some really good stuff as of late so and i'm watching stuff on regular tv like showtime's doing penny dreadful and amc and bbc's doing killing eve just started that's fantastic so they had those kind of all ready to go yeah that's yeah. good that's good because they ain't no one filming shit I don't ever binge watch anything, and I watched every episode of Hollywood in one day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it wasn't very many episodes, but my dad's always like, did you watch blah, blah, blah? I'm like, dad, no. Like, we got, I'm a habitual TV watcher in what I watch. <laughs> we got through Witcher in like three days. Like, Yeah, we got to the end when we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, Saturday, I'm going to talk about my weekend first. So, Saturday, 
I last week I checked my sprinklers. I don't know if I talked about it on. on talked the about your fence, but not the sprinklers. Yeah, so I put up a fence. There was a fiasco where I almost wrecked the fence and I hurt my foot. Um, but my sprinklers, I'm like, there's a big dry spots in my lawn, and I had turned them on. I'm like, what the hell? It means my sprinklers aren't hitting right. So I go to look at them, and they're all totally fucked. Like none of them are right. And I know they were all right at the end of the year. So, and then Bree's talking to one of her coworkers, and he's like, yeah, my sprinklers are all messed up. And Sean redid all his sprinklers. And, and I said, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that we had earthquakes? Like a fuck ton of them? Uh, and I bet it does, because it shook them all up. So, my sprinklers are old. I've never changed 95% of them. I haven't changed any of them in all the time we've been here. So, I bought all new sprinkler heads and replaced all the sprinklers in the backyard, uh, except one. Um, and had to dig up several of them, uh, and replace like the whole thing. He was playing in the mud all day. It was a very dirty day. Um, very physically taxing, <laughs> <laughs> digging up all the, well, we started sprinklers. with electrical in the morning because <clears throat> I wanted to put different switches in the, the bathroom up here that I just mm-hmm. painted. Mm-hmm. And so I've been needing the power turned off and he's like, well, I've got to put the new lights that we bought like what eight months ago out back yeah in the backyard so he's like why don't i just turn off all the power to the house and we'll just 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 do it but he ended up having to help me with all my projects because none of them were working right and i it made it a bigger project than it needed to be i switched out one up in the master bedroom i switched the light switches here anyway and i ended up having to go to walmart to get new switches because i didn't think about the three-way switch which they're still wrong but it's fine (laughs) but i will say i went to walmart and people were wearing masks. A lot more people were wearing masks, even though it was still a fucking shit show. It looked like a normal Saturday at Walmart. That's good, because nobody in Saratoga Springs is. <laughs> well, that's because the COVID isn't in Saratoga Springs. But... You're immune. The mask wearing, still a lot of people with their dicks hanging out of their masks. I mean, their noses. <laughs> Which I don't understand what the purpose of wearing the mask is, if it's your under face. your chin or... Your nose is uncovered. Like, that defeats the purpose of the mask, people. I know they suck to, 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 like, I saw a video of some chick that had cut, like, a vagina shaped hole in the center of her mask because it was hard to breathe. What the hell? (laughs) You not realize, like, that's the whole thing. Like, you've just ruined the whole purpose of the mask. People are so dumb. This is how any of this works. And, and I will say, (laughs) I don't know who you quoted. I don't remember who the guy's name was, but, um, (laughs) I thought, because last week on the show, Yeah. Last week on the show, I said something like having a mask on with your nose out is like walking around with your dick hanging out of your pants. I think I said that almost word for word. So Jess posts this thing and I'm like, and she's like, we it love Bill. The guy's, it was just the guy's comment that was under that. And I'm like, peeing your pants. Did he thing. listen to my, did he listen to the show and like <laughs> quote me word for word? Cause I swear to God, that's what I said. <laughs> And like, cause it is almost word for word what I said. And it's it really, you guys are like best friends and you didn't know. Yeah, we, we totally are. He's like my brother from wherever the fuck he's from. Yep. So basically. So anyway, a new update on my garden. Uh, my dog, even though I t- put the fence up, the dog won't jump over the fence. She's terrified of the fence. So that's good. She still jumps over the wall. She jumps over the wall. <laughs> and then when I go over the wall to get her and say, get out of my garden, she like runs in circles because she won't jump over the fence and I'm in the way of the wall. So and so she she's like, tears oh, I don't know where to go. But she's gotten into the garden a couple of times and dug like, I, there's no way my cabbage has survived. She's dug like a fucking crazy person against the house. So I'm going to just plant some bushes there, some raspberry bushes, I think. Um, and then 
Uh, she dug up like a full row and a half of potatoes, I'm pretty sure. Plants that had started sprouting and growing. Our potatoes um, are probably five, six inches tall by now, so yours should be about the same. Yeah, they're getting close. I mean, you saw some of them are yeah. really growing like wildfire. So I, I did my last grass mill before I'll start putting it down on the beds probably this week. Um, my compost, by the way, is doing fantastic. All this nerdy shit that I That's started awesome. doing. <clears throat> so I don't know. Like She dug up all where the carrots were, and I'm guessing I probably need to just go reseed everything. Probably. <laughs> However, now's the time to do it because usually by Mother's Day, which is this upcoming weekend, you usually want to have everything planted by Mother's Day is kind of the rule of thumb. I better put a move on. There's <laughs> one or two things that could be a little bit after, but but that's kind of the general Yeah, rule so of thumb. I'll probably this week, I'll go out there maybe tomorrow and plant, replant stuff that I have. I'll have to go get some more carrots. I don't have any more carrot seeds. So if I, you can find them, yeah. Excuse me, because I, I told you when we went to IFA a few weeks ago, like it was pretty picked over. Yeah, and I haven't been inside Home Depot for several weeks, so and they might. I don't know. Hopefully, I have. I had. Uh, I still got parsnips, and I have other seeds. Like I have some of the cucumber and the zucchini seeds. So I planted mustard spinach this week because hmm. I ran out of regular spinach seeds, and I saw those, and I was like. I like those flavors, so maybe I'll we'll try, see what happens. Maybe I'll try and get some spinach or something for the wall. I love growing spinach. Does spinach need full sun? I mean, in my backyard, it's, it's in full sun. Yeah, so. it's fine with full sun. Is it, well, what's good in like partial shade? Because I've got... It would be fine in both. Because I've got the wall basically right up against the wall there. There's, cucumbers are all right for a partial... Um, well, those are, those are going on the edge of the garden, so... Just check on the package. Yeah. It'll tell you on the package, full sun, partial shade. Partial. I just, I have to grow something that I'll actually use as a thing. So, yeah, that's yeah, like Mark and Brandy who grew rhubarb and, and Mark can't eat it because of his ki- kidneys, liver, yeah, his whatever kid- it is. I don't know. So she's his like, organs. who wants rhubarb? <laughs> rhubarb is just a fucking weed anyway. I love rhubarb. It's gross. My grandparents, so I remember my grandparents used to grow it and as kids, they would like, freak out if we'd be out playing by it because the leaves are poisonous Mm -hmm. as if we were just going to eat them because they look horrible. Yeah. But the fuck, woman? Sorry. (laughs) We're doing a podcast here. I'm just coloring while we're talking. It's not professional. That's completely. I'm just coloring. (laughs) I know. Brie has a coloring app, so she like colors all day on her phone when she's. I don't color all day. I mean, she works. If she had a chance to, I haven't, this is the first time I've opened it. But anyway, that's just, uh, that's my garden life. Jeremy, how's your garden life? Good. Got the corn in. That takes a while. You've seen our corn rows. They're big. So three corn beds in. So I've Is only it okay got... for white people to have corn rows? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because I got them. So I'm down to, I've only got... Uh, I'd like to see that. I've only got my butternut squash left to plant, and then I'm all planted. I, I do feel good that I started growing my garden a few years ago. Um, because I, I, I would feel like if I grew it this year, like <laughs> I actually have been wanting to make bread, but I decided I'm definitely not making bread during the pandemic because everyone's making bread during the pandemic and I can't be a sheep. Can't find yeast anyway. I've got yeast. I've got lots of yeast. We got tons. Yeast for days. I've got a beard, babe. <laughs> <laughs> what if I did a sourdough start with beard yeast? Oh <laughs> don't tell anybody and then no, I won't tell anyone until like they've been eating my bread for a year and be like you know my bread that you guys love yeah that started out on my beard 
<laughs> so that's why Brie never eats it. No one's going to eat bread that I make now, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that's listened to this. So then the bees, check the bees again this weekend. They oh, yeah. are have uh, the bee killer hornets got them yet? No. I certainly hope my eyes okay, Has anybody up. even seen any in Utah? No. Okay. But they started in Washington. Washington is what I heard. That's and fine. It's not, though, because Washington's they're not, not exactly warm. They're not in Utah yet. Killer bees weren't in Utah either. And they're like, oh, they'll be fine because it freezes. They have migrated up and they're basically in Utah. The basically, same thing. but not really. Yeah, but they'll get here. <laughs> Global warming. Why are, you fear, why are you fear-mongering? I'm fear-mongering. <laughs> have you seen the memes that are going around today of the have little you, bees carrying like look, Lysol and toilet paper into their eyes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you? Like, I'm fear-mongering for a reason, right? Don't. So have you ever been Stop. fucking bitten by like a killer Don't. ant? It hurts. Oh, but I've been stung by plenty of wasps. Yeah, but a wasp sting is not the same. Like these, have you seen these fucking hornets? Yeah, they're two. They're two inches big. They, I know. They they cut the bees' heads off. I know they do. It's and a then bee if they want to, they want to stab you. Their stabber goes through bee suits. They're they're just murderers. That's they're, why they're called murder bees. They are murderers. They're murdery. Hornets. Murder yeah. murder but hornets. To be fair, all wasps and hornets are carnivores. They're murderous insects. I'm not worried. Some of them are scavengers. But like when I found, like I remember the mud wasp oh, yeah. I had in my door frame. Yes. Do you know how many fucking spiders that son of a bitch killed for me? There's just one wasp and he killed like a Look, million spiders. Maybe the murder bee would do that too. It's a hornet and they kill bees. That's my concern. That they're not. Concern. They're not eating dung beetles. They're eating bees, honeybees. French honeybees or Italians. I don't know what kind you have. Italian. They're going to come get your Italians. <laughs> do you think they have like big family dinners inside the hive? I think they do. Like, no. oh, it's a family dinner. They're all wearing tracksuits. Fuck, I am so racist. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Sopranos, so now, by the way. <laughs> so now, like, now this is a whole new thing when I think of them like pushing dead bees out of the hive, like over the edge, yeah, just like getting like... rid of the bodies. It's like yeah. The Sopranos. Yeah. Don't worry about it's it. Howdy like, goes. <laughs> like when Tony took Meta to college and disappeared for like, so like two hours. When the wasps, someone. when the wasps attack the hive, it's like a gang war, basically, yeah. like a mob war. Well, not that I, not that I want it to happen, but if if it's going to happen, this is the year because my hive is like. It's bustling. not going to. Why would you? Even you got to build a second centers. hive, dude. Well, not the not the killer hornets, oh. but like wasp attack, ones. like I had a couple like years the ago. It's like bring it on this year. Yeah, come on, motherfuckers, take on this there's, hive. There's got to be close to hundred thousand. Jeremy's like, take on the hive and kill a few thousand, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thin the herd a little bit. Oh. Like, well, I mean, are you going to build a second hive? Because that's a real thing. Like, I saw those pictures. <laughs> there's no fucking room for anything. They, They're gonna leave. Well, I've I've got probably. Six or seven bars on both outside edges is about it. So oh, open still. It's open still. However, they're they're into honey production, which is awesome because usually I don't get honey production until July, August. Yeah. But because of how many there are, they're already starting. So what I'm hoping, and I'm going to kind of watch it, is if I can harvest like in a month. Well, yeah, I can harvest like a good chunk of honey out. That'll help. So you cut those like like eight bars of honey, and then they fucking make more. But if I but if I can do it early enough, I'm, we're fine. Then you can then you can do a second harvest. So mm -hmm. hopefully, if if I'm going to get a spring harvest, it'll be within probably the next month or so. But yeah, they've already got two bars of honey, just but honey. But you're not worried about them leaving yet? Not yet. But I'm keeping my eye so on. So are it. you making contingency plans with a second hive? I need to 
dig out my plans and like have it ready. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I made that, that hive, I, the one I've got, I made, it probably took me two or three days, but there was a lot of figuring out. Yeah. But now you have it all kind of, but since I've made one, if I, if like I had to, I could probably make one in a weekend. I would come help. I don't even like projects. I should <laughs> look. I should be honest. I'm starting to like projects more. Like after doing shit like that sprinkler work, I just feel better about myself. Yeah. Well, and it's your house. It's your property. It's your yeah. Same with like your garden, things like that. Yeah, it does make me feel better. So yeah. So if you got a call like on a Friday night, we got to make a hive tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be down there. <laughs> Ain't nothing else going on in my life right now. That is true. So a whole lot of not going anywhere. Maybe you should record a new opening then. I could. <laughs> <laughs> but then what would I talk about every week? Just saying. I think I will, actually. Which, I'm, by I'm the way, 20 minutes this. in, we're in studio. We're 15 minutes in, sir. Oh, 15 you minutes suck in. suck at time. We're back in studio, by the way. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So they've kind of relaxed some of the rules, and there is only four of us, so... I don't give a shit. Well, and to be fair, Jess has just been going to work because she's an essential, so it's not like she's been she's able essential. to really super keep herself. But she does wear her mask. She does. Uh, every day. But she still has to go out and... She's also somewhat more around like the public in her job. Like I'd sit in my corner with the old man that doesn't cover his mouth when he coughs. But I don't, I don't know. Did you do anything entertaining this weekend, Jess? You finally got some cakes to work on, I hear. You didn't plant a garden. I got that, that much. Uh, no, I planted my garden weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> um, I thought you said you had to get on that. No, well, uh, there's a couple of starts that I have to get that are like warm weather starts. From which, so. from which nursery? Probably Kuahara on 123rd. That's the only one you can go to, That's right? That's the only one. Yeah. I want to make sure you say that well, now. So if we get to another one well, later that you're promoting. <laughs> Uh, well, the garden cell's already done for Wasatch Community Garden, so, yeah, what did I do this weekend? Uh, moved a new roommate in. Congratulations. Uh, worked, uh, basically worked on cakes, went for a walk with my cousin and his little boy, celebrated his second birthday. Mm, mostly key. cakes. Yeah. <laughs> I have three cakes this week. That's awesome. <laughs> so that is that's, good. That's basically all that I have done, because it's just a lot of, like, tiny detail work. I need so, a cake. I need to make a cake. But I need cake. to, like, actually do yard work and stuff. I'm going to tear up my backyard, so. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's not that big, though, right? It's like a... It's like 9 by 13, but it's just a lot of... Just going to get rid of the grass altogether? Mm-hmm. Just make one big, giant garden? <clears throat> no. All, no, that's all, way too much work. I don't What am I going to do with all that? <laughs> Are you going to just put pavers down or concrete or I what? I am going to build a deck. Nice. I'm going to build onto my deck. And put, well, part of it, I'm going to put more garden, but... My grandpa has offered up his land for some of us to come create a cousin co-op so I can do like vining vegetables over there. I just don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. So. I want to plant more grapevine, <sighs> real grapevine. We're in a, we're in the middle of a, a new bracket. We're doing, um, best Beatles songs right now. Oh yeah, your bracket. Um, it's amazing. It's probably the most fun bracket that we've done. So the breakfast food one was pretty incredible. French toast one. <laughs> so <laughs> I would agree with that. It's pretty intense. It got pretty intense. So what kind of French toast? Any kind, because it's so versatile. You can do any kind of French toast. That is toast. one of the things that I really like about French toast. You can yep. take basically and any even bread like and the make crappiest it. French toast is still good. So don't do that. I've it's had French really toast. Shitty. French I have toast. also. I've had people that make French toast. They're like, nope. There's just eggs and a little bit of milk. There's no seasoning. There's no. It's just. <laughs> 
It's like it's like a fucking. You don't need this kind of people in your life. Half-ass <laughs> egg on toast. Like I'd rather just have an egg and a piece of toast, please. Yes. Yes. Don't try to French it if you're not going to fucking put at least cinnamon on it. Yeah, you got to have cinnamon. But the best French toast, and I will tell no one knows, I shouldn't say no one, but most people make their French toast egg, a little bit of milk, cinnamon, maybe nutmeg, vanilla, whatever they want in their little fucking shit. And then they just dip it and then throw it in the frying pan. That's shit French toast. What you need to do, you got to let your bread stale up a little bit, whatever kind of bread it is. The, the more stale, the better it'll absorb the moisture. Well, that's how French toast started, is taking the old yeah. bread and doing something with it. The trick is you make an actual custard. The best French toast I've ever had was in California, and it's covered with corn cornflakes. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing. You know, I don't really like the like crunchy <laughs> French toast where they put like some kind of cereal on the outside. I don't know really either. Red Rock does one like that, and it's okay. But this one in California, I probably could have eaten. Also, the best bread for orders. French toast? Hollow bread. Hollow bread, for it's sure. Hands yes. down, such good bread for French toast. Agreed. But you make a custard, and you let the custard sit in the fridge overnight, ideally. Mm-hmm. And so, and the bread custard pudding. is like, yeah, more or less, like it's pretty close. Yeah. And then, when you go to do the bread, you dip it, and you put it on like a rack, and let it sit for a couple minutes after you dip it, so it soaks in properly. French that makes the best French favorite. toast. But only next to chicken and waffles, and eggs benedict. Uh, fuck. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite besides the two things that are my favorite. I can in front have three of it. favorites. There's no rules. If you're not first, you're last. We were talking about no, they're all together. We were talking about cakes and plates like next to each other, and that's a big breakfast with bacon. And Jody was <laughs> asking somebody what make. kind of cake they wanted, and Vanita didn't know, and she's like, "Well, fine, I'll make an alcoholic cake." And I'm like, "Sorry." Can't make an alcoholic cake unless unless Heather's Heather's <laughs> rum cake because that's that's the only one I'm eating. You had me until you said an over medium egg, and then I just felt like I you... don't like over easy though. Or a poached egg is delicious too. Over medium egg. What? It's like eating a fucking done steak, a well steak. I don't like runny egg whites. Over easy isn't runny egg white. That's yeah. sunny side up. Uh, over easy on shouldn't. If they're making an over-easy egg with a runny egg white, they're not a good cook. Because an over-easy <laughs> egg has no runny egg white and has a liquid yolk. I like I like a runny yolk. I do, too. I like a Pancake sandwich. Yolk. You know what's really good is a runny yolk on top of a burger or yes. on top oh, of yeah. enchiladas. Mm-hmm. Oh, because that's the only way you can... That's the actual way you make an enchilada. The stacked enchiladas. Yes. If you've never had a stacked enchilada, you're missing out. Because... That's actually how people make real enchiladas. That's how some Mexicans make them. Most Mexicans. Spanish Mexicans. No, even Mark's family makes them that way. That's the best way to have them. They're good. Yes. You don't roll them up or put them in a pan. You soak the tortillas. You lay them down. You layer them. You make it however tall you want with your fillings and stuff. And then you put a fried egg on top. It's so fucking good. You have no idea. It's so good. I made pizza this weekend. That's what I, I did. I saw that, and it looked really good. <gasps> it was the most amazing pizza. I wish that I had more. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, Abby Abby and Zara from Roclette, I dropped off some buttons to them because I was joking with them that they were cheese superheroes the other day, and so I made them pins with a lady with a cape with their logo on it that says cheese superhero. So I went and dropped it off, and they were like, oh, hold on just a second. And Zara was like, here, I made this Pakistani yogurt curry and i was like 
okay. And then Abby was like, here, hold on. I'll be right back. And then she brought me a whole thing of prosciutto, like eight ounces. I was like, nice. are you sure? I was like, I know how much this costs. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it turned yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's still so good. Anyways, and then Prosciutto's Nick, a fucking cured meat. It takes Nick, forever to go bad. Nick Passy gave me pizza dough that he made. And then I made, I was like, I totally know what I'm doing. I just this. want everyone to think about how many people just just came in contact with. <laughs> oh, and During, I went and visited Tammy at uh-huh. Ruby Snap. See? That's four. But it's, I had a mask on. In four in a day. She was coughing all over them. <laughs> I wasn't. Did you see that guy in, oh gosh, I can't remember what state it was, who the somebody that was working in the store was saying you should really have a mask on and he was like this will be my mask and he like wiped his nose on her sleeve yeah it was in michigan was it the michigan? same place where the person was shot at the dollar general family people dollar. are being so stupid like okay i get maybe you don't want to wear your mask maybe you want to protest whatever but do you actually have to like those are trump states right there like, i will say family dollar and dollar general are both misleading stores fuck them it's true. They're not dollar stores. They are not. Motherfuckers. Charge like two fifty for things. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's rip off. Um speaking of charging for things, um, Jess, is there events maybe with the new openings? Uh yes, but I'm not talking about any of those. <laughs> um so I had this really awesome email a couple weeks ago and I totally forgot to talk about it last week. Um from Harmons. Harmons is offering homeschool cooking classes online. So each week they started a few weeks ago, but they offer a topic and then they post the recipe. They have videos, instructions. Um so uh, only ninety nine ninety nine a person. No, I don't know if they actually charge. <laughs> to be honest with you, because I couldn't find, I th- it didn't look like there was information. So, upcoming soft boiled eggs, biscuits and gravy, um, blueberry lemon scones, chicken tenders, focaccia. Um, it's pretty much awesome. So you can log on to Harmon's. I'll link to that. Mm, um, good. Yes. Uh, another thing that's going on, our good buddies, uh, Rathen. And Janet McGrew Studios. Um, I don't, did I mention this last week or did it happen no, after last week? No, it happened week? after our show okay. last week. Um, they unfortunately are in a position that they may lose their studio. And so, um, Eliza Thanks, Crosby. COVID. Yeah. Um, Thanks, who, Obama. Who has been on our <laughs> stop. Who's been on our show set up a GoFundMe. Um, they have raised money, but they have to raise about $5,000. So, um, that and will get them not have in enough even. for rent, or what's the deal? Um, I I don't know well, all of it, but that's part. I know that's part so, of it. So, so think about this. What do those two do? Right, they make things for primarily the film industry, right, and and entertainment industry, but primarily the film industry. Both of them, right. do costuming and set work and stuff like that. So their big income is from an industry that has been completely shut down for two months. And if you think they're buying stuff and they're commissioning shit for movies, you're wrong. They probably stopped what was being done because they don't know when they're going to get to start again. And so it's, it's tough to make a living when your work is completely dried up. So, right. Right. Um, they're not really events, but just more really cool things that are going on in the community. When I went to go, um, since we were calling, uh, Tammy, the cookie madam, I made her a button and took that to her last week. And while I was there, somebody from, I'm pretty sure he's from Preservation, Utah. Um, he was doing some research on the building because the building has been there 
um, forever. And at one time, it served as the headquarters for the Stonewall Center, which was basically the forerunner of today's Pride Center. And that was from 1992 oh. to 1997. The building she's in? Uh-huh. Oh. Yep. And then it sat empty for... Um, way years after that, but um, I can't remember what she told me it was before, but she had to rip out like tons of like so it's phone. Like, it's like the big gay cookie place. It is like <laughs> the big gay cookie place. She should totally own that. That church, that church right next to them is a, is really cool too. Yes, and also that church. Um, my understanding has been bought by somebody. It's been empty for a while, and her husband had to like board up all the doors and stuff because people were breaking into it, like homeless people. So, anyways, um, one more cool thing. Um, this last week, a these two women, uh, directors and producers from Hollywood, one that works for Lorimar and Warner, and the other for Warner Brothers, um, are in talks for a series development for Cold. Nice. Yeah. So it's still in talks, but maybe maybe they'll find Susan Powell's body. Yeah. They're never going to find it. And KSL submitted the podcast for a Pulitzer, but unfortunately it didn't win. So, well, he's a winner in our hearts. Oh, yeah. It was a good good podcast for what I've heard of it. Um, I can't get that much into a single murder born case. That's okay. I just think that he did a really good job of presenting the information and stuff. I really yeah, I, like listening to it. And I really like talking to him. So mm-hmm. He's a smart dude. And we talk about maybe the integrity of of journalism. He's one of the, the guys that keeps the integrity with journalism. And I really appreciate that because he did that with the podcast and it was nice. Well, I mean... Um I guess we can talk about some more coronavirus because that's all there is to talk about these days. Um, what? <laughs> Were you going to say something? That wasn't? I was going to say something that had nothing to do with anything, but that just popped into my head from the conversation we were having, and so it doesn't matter. So um, there's some interesting. So, so I will say this. So I want to start talking about what are you what are you motioning for? Well, my writing stick is missing. Here you want another writing stick? There's a writing I stick. I don't like this one. I want your the fig one. Where's this the one? fig one? I don't know. I'll take that one. You can have whatever writing stick you want. Um so <laughs> actually the best uh representation of numbers that I've gotten out there uh comes from CNN. Right? CNN actually put a really good interactive map that's on their page um that will let you kind of see by place, like what the exponential growth actually looks like, what the growth rates look like, how many cases they have, um, goes all the way down to the county level, uh, in different states. So it's a really cool interactive map of, of COVID data. The reason I'm talking about numbers though is Utah officially, um, on Friday last week, May 1st, moved into Orange, orange mm-hmm. in our yes. dumbass bullshit made up like DEFCON style uh, stage <laughs> of pandemic. So orange, it's like a red burn day. Well, it's like an orange burn day. So you can burn if you have to, but you really shouldn't. Uh, and if you burn too much, you're going to end up in red burn day again. And then just my neighbor burns garbage in their fireplace on red burn days. So. <laughs> uh, but basically, it, it means some of the restrictions are starting to lift. Restaurants and bars can have dine in. Uh, service. They just have to practice proper social distancing. Has anybody guidelines. actually gone anywhere to dine? Yeah, in? I saw pictures of people um, dining in a few places. Um, I, there are, like, my uh, coworker went to Slackwater. Uh, he's been dying to go to Slackwater again. 
Uh, so he went into Slackwater and uh, he said it was fantastic. He said that it's a little weird because you're so far away from everyone. Like they're really isolating tables, which means there's not as many people that can go in, but it's better than what was before. That's actually, if you're talking to me, that's where I think we should have started. I think the, the starting point of just shutting everything down was right. fucking nuts and has destroyed the economy. And I could do a whole episode and maybe I'll do a different rant on that at some point. Um, but I think it's important to talk about numbers because it's not one size fits all. If we were living in New York City, I don't know if I would have the same opinions as I have living in Salt Lake City. It's yeah, it's totally different. But yeah, it's a it's a totally different environment. It's a different landscape, and the numbers are different. And there's a lot of people that are really concerned that as people as states start to ease up restrictions, like Utah, it's going to create a bigger problem. But look, we got to do it at some point. This thing's going to be around for two years. Well, on our next ninety six, they were talking this morning um, about St. George and and. Oh, don't even get me started on those. Like days. they haven't shut down anything. I don't think that their numbers are. Uh, Utah County didn't shut anything down either. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I mean, yeah, the numbers might be higher, but they're not like like the hospitals aren't overflowing. Well, look, and, so the because whole, it's we're not that close. The whole argument to shutting things down and being so dramatic was we have to flatten the curve. And the question becomes, well, how long does the curve have to be flat before we can give up on completely fucking ourselves for generations and try to start repairing the damage that we've caused? And if you look at the numbers, um, Utah and, and really Salt Lake County, but Utah as a whole has stayed between 100 and 200 new cases. Uh, I don't think we've topped 200 new cases at all in a single day. At the in, And in the meantime, not only are we... Yesterday we had the highest deaths, so there were six. I mean, not yesterday, today. Tuesday. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever day today is. People are going to die. Taco Tuesday. You know people die. Fucking sometimes six people die in a single car crash. So the total number of people that have died from and this... And then people will use the argument against you, car crashes aren't contagious. You're right, they're not. They're not. Nobody can cough a car crash onto you. Th- that's true. <laughs> but drunk drivers can get behind the wheel of a car and kill me. That's people deciding to do something irresponsible. So there are ways to be responsible and still be in a social setting. That I agree with. But my point is, um, we haven't had more than 200 cases in a day, period, the whole time. We're running roughly at a 3% increase. That is not exponential. That is a very small curve. That's not even really a curve. Uh, it's a very small increase day by day. We have a really high recovery rate. We did have six deaths, which is pretty insane considering we were at 50 yesterday. Um, so that's a pretty big jump in deaths. But I haven't heard of very many deaths from coronavirus where the people were like great, healthy individuals prior to. It is high risk people. Yeah, but underlying conditions can be asthma. It can be uh, obesity. It could be it. There's it could be anything. It, it sure could. It could be nothing. But the the point is, what good is your life if you are living it behind doors, scared to go out, scared to talk to people, scared to to communicate? Um, and in the meantime. Um, I, I guess my biggest problem is the people that I hear condemning people for going out and stuff are mostly people who are fine. They are people who have jobs where they can work from home or enough money that they can deal with a pay cut um, and still be all right. Um, 
they are, they themselves are doing okay. And so it doesn't feel like they're not likely on the front lines. Right. And so it doesn't feel like, um, like it's that much of a hardship, like for Chris and me, it has not been a hardship. Uh, I think the biggest thing Chris talked about this last week was, was the, the grocery shopping, you know, it's curtailed how often, um, and the way that he grocery shops. But for me, um, I mean, I used to sometimes go with him, but you, he's, you work from home. That's yeah. a huge like change. the, but, but that is my biggest difference. But I mean, it hasn't, but it hasn't changed really anything else for me. My job is still, I still do the exact same job for the exact same pay for the exact same hours day in and day out. So for me, it, it, it hasn't been a big change. So opening and closing and all of that stuff isn't that big of a deal. But if you're someone who lost their job, or whose company is, you know, two days away from failing or something like that. Um, this is really serious and we have to weigh that, that living and, and the problems that we're going to, to cause on top of all of this with, you know, eventually everybody's going to get this. Everyone in this world has had a cold. You might not get them very often. Maybe you've only ever had one or two. Everyone's had the flu. Everyone's had the flu. Again, maybe you don't get it that often. Maybe you've had it once or twice, but you've had it. Everyone is going to get this. Everyone is going to be exposed to this. Some people will be affected horribly. Some people won't recover just like the flu or a cold. What we were trying to avoid was having what happened with New York with the the overflows and some of the things that happened in other places where you there they were deciding who died because there weren't enough ventilators and things like that um mass graves right mass graves um that was going to happen in new york no matter what i think they're just too close yeah, but we're like as, here as in India. utah like even in apartment buildings and stuff our apartment buildings aren't that big even really big apartment buildings aren't that big. Yeah, they're not the projects like you have. No, I, I mean being able to to stay separate is is still fairly easy for us to yeah, do. And it's not super common to have, you know, like in in New York, for example, you'll have an apartment that's a two bedroom, you know, five hundred square foot apartment that has six people living in it. That doesn't happen very often in Utah. It's it, it, it's not that it doesn't happen, but you don't have a building full of those, right? Um, you have a, a couple of them in a building where you have six, seven, eight people in, in one small place. My, my neighborhood, I've got a house at the <laughs> bottom of my street. The Jeremy's like, wow, there's a lot of people over there. And we looked and no, that's no, the normal just, amount of cars. There's literally I, nine cars over there, which means there's probably nine drivers because sometimes those cars are all gone. Um, which means there's probably nine or 12 adults living over there. And I know that there's kids, little kids that aren't old enough to drive. There's a ton of people in that house. Um, so that house is not a great place to be. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen and it's not that people aren't going to get it. And it's not that I'm cold and uncaring and that I'm, you know, I just want people to you die. You are cold though. You I'm cold because I have on. a blanket on. But, um, I think that this opening back up and, and trying it again and, and the color coding of it where, you know, if we need to take a step back again, we can, but it's not like when we were shut down, people were totally shut down. There were people still gathering places and people still doing things. So, um, people are going to be irresponsible. No Slash me, raise his hand. But I mean, people are going to be irresponsible no matter what. So whether, so if you had 
Are you calling me irresponsible? No. If you had really, (laughs) really restrictive guidelines, you know, you're not going to get arrested by it or whatever. There's a, a, a populace that are, they're going to say, well, I don't care. I'm just going to keep going about my life and they're going to do it whether the restrictions are there or not there. Like I'm, I'm actively trying to be careful and not expose other people. I wear a mask when I'm in public, when I'm around people that I'm not normally around. Um, I wear, I take a mask to work. We only have, we, we kind of have a rule. There's less than a dozen people in my building at a time. Um, it's, it's being pretty much adhered to. We're going to continue probably even maybe through the summer of doing stuff like that. But even when I'm in my building, I have a mask sitting right there on my desk. And if I need to go interact with someone in the building, I put the mask on to interact with them. Um, it's just a courtesy to them in case I am infected, that I'm not spreading COVID all over them. You know, there's enough fecal spreading that goes on anyway. <laughs> shedding, fecal shedding, not spreading. I don't know if you guys saw that article about uh, COVID being spread through fecal matter and through farts <laughs> and not to fart on yes, people. Yes, I give them COVID. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, and pink eye. But <laughs> but at some point, we we have to get back to being a society because being separated and stuff like this isn't really what humans for the most part, the majority of us go for a group to be a collective. We coexist and, and we depend on each other to, to survive. And if we stay separated like this, there's so many bad things that can happen. And I know that there's a lot of people here that haven't seen any of those things us among them. Um, but, but even Jeremy for like a week, he was uh, starting to get a little panicked because his, his work dropped off. Mm-hmm. And if that had continued, he'd be in a lot different place right now, mentally and financially. And then, then he is. So, um, we just, gosh, I hate to be that person, but we do. We have to kind of balance. Be quiet, Karen. We have to balance <laughs> what, what staying separated and closed too long is going to do to our society with, with what we're saving. Because if we end up with a whole bunch of, of of homeless people, then they're not going to be able to social distance anymore anyway. And the, the breakthroughs that we've been making and the, and the strides that we've been making to try and keep our homeless population healthy, that starts to go down the tubes. So, so all of this was to say, We've done a good job of what we set out to do, which is to keep the curve flat, to not grow exponentially. Um, because of that, we're, we're now at a point where in this state, and there's other states that are in a similar boat as us. I mean, there are some states. Wyoming, that, Colorado, Wyoming. Yeah, fuck, Wyoming. It's funny when you look at some of the maps, like Wyoming, it's like one in, you know, 49 and 100,000 people. I'm like, yeah, one fucking person has it in that county. I guarantee it's one case, and there's 12,000 people in that county. So. And they the didn't average, shut down shit. The average is a lot <laughs> higher. Um, one of my employees was telling me, cause he's got family in Star Valley, Wyoming in the Afton area. And he's like, yeah, I was up there last week. Uh, he goes, we were bored. Uh, he's like, so everyone was like having a mini, um, protest in the middle of Main Street, driving their cars, honking and saying, open up Afton or something. <laughs> it's like, cause they're just bored. They don't have anything to do. Um, 
but the whole point of all that was we're starting to open stuff up. Now, if you want to, to, KSL actually had a really spectacular article, and I think it was actually from the uh, uh, um, AP Press uh, is where it actually came from that they just reposted on their site. But there's there's a comparison between um, COVID-19 and 2020 uh, to the 1918 Spanish flu, because that was a serious flu outbreak and way before we knew a lot about how to handle flu. Um, and it's it's it draws a lot of parallels. So. I'm not going to talk about it uh, in detail, but I think it's worth reading if you're curious uh, about that sort of stuff. What I really want to focus on, um, as as we have a little bit of time left here, is the stuff that is starting to open in Utah, because um, there's finally some good news and maybe even a light uh, for for some folks. Um, so uh, most of the national parks in Utah are going to start to reopen to day use. So that doesn't mean overnight camping or anything like that, but um, like Capitol Reef um, should be open up in places. Um, Zion's is a big concern because of how busy that fucking park is. Um, Part of it is that those little places that only exist because of the tourism. Yeah. They need help. They can't stay closed. Moab. Like Moab being closed this time of year is insane. This is their busiest time of year. And it's not like there's hundreds of thousands of people in Moab, but they do so much businesses. Those those businesses, they're not even open in the winter because there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And people spread out in these national parks. And so being able to have them start to open is going to really help a lot of those businesses. Um, so the park in Zion, they're going to start opening up some areas on the 13th. Um, and, of course, national parks work a little different than state parks because they have to follow some federal guidelines. Um, but I think, you know, federally you're starting to see a, a big desire to move. I mean, shit, we have 30-plus million people in unemployment right now. It's it's really insane. We have to start getting the economy going. Um, there's a bunch of shopping malls in Utah that are going to start reopening. It's really weird to go to a place like Jordan Landing and see how empty the parking lot is or to drive. We drove past Fashion Place like a week and a half ago. Completely empty. Yeah. Like, that's really weird. Um, so most of them are going to start opening this week. Uh, I think Fashion Place opened today. I think City Creek's going to open on Wednesday the 6th. Um, there's Station Park in Farmington. Um, never really closed, but they're advertising that they're open again. Um, the Gateway's starting to open up. Um, so, And this is some retail stores that have been completely shut down as being non-essential will now start to open. Um, they'll have to follow... You know, social distancing guidelines, they'll have to wear masks, um, they'll have to do a lot more sanitization. Um, most places prefer cashless transactions, so that there's not handing back and forth of the dirtiest fucking thing you can do, which is money. Um, so make sure, and honestly, guys, like, my advice is, get contactless, like, if you have a card that has the little Wi-Fi looking symbol on it, it's a contactless card. You can hit it on one of the NFC readers and it will run as a credit card just like it would if you slid it through the slot. Uh, even your debit cards will run that way. Um, or if you have like Google Pay or Samsung Wallet or Apple Pay, use those services. Uh, and that minimizes your exposure and minimizes other people's exposure. And don't forget to clean your phone. Yeah. Yeah, clean your phone once uh, a month. 
<laughs> was, uh, I cleaned mine the other day because I did realize, like, you know, I went and washed my hands really well, and then I picked up my phone. I'm like, well, fuck, my phone's been, like, in a million places. Like, it's probably covered in fecal matter, so... <laughs> I look. You're me, disturbing. I'm just saying. Look, where do you where do you spend a lot of time on your phone? When you're sitting on the pot. At work. <laughs> yeah, at work. <laughs> so I barely pick my. So we, I don't. I only pick up my phone really to answer calls at work. And we use we we have transitioned the entire company into heavy usage of Microsoft Teams since we're all remote. I don't use my phone to talk to hardly anyone now with teams. It is all phone calls through my computer. It's fantastic. Um, I have to talk to people like non coworker people, but restaurants, um, that's a big opening. I noticed that you had an article in here about meat supply. Yeah. I want to talk and... about that after I, after I got through with some of the restaurants and stuff, but we could talk about it now. Nope. Yeah, we could. Since you brought it up. Let's move on to meat. I wanted to talk about restaurants. Well, well go ahead. Talk about it. Because they're, they're opening. They're all opening for service. They're like, not all opening. No. There's many restaurants that are saying we are not going to open yeah, yet. Because lots. Many. Be, well, and the reason is because if you're partially serving, bringing back that staff, you're probably not going to make the same amount of money. I was going to ask you guys a question specifically about sushi. So sushi, I, I love sushi, but... With a, a lot of lack of air travel, um, our, we're not on the coast. Our fish gets flown in. The best sushi places, sorry, the best sushi places tend to fly their fish in like daily or every couple of days. I don't know if that's still happening. Also, all those places that shut down with like basically less than a week's notice, what are because they didn't just have like they they had to go to curbside. And most of them didn't have something like that, so it took a few weeks for them to figure that out. Um, do you trust sushi right now in Why Utah? Not? Why not? Because the fish might not be fresh or not even close. That's my question. I'm sure they're not going to serve you shitty fish. Well, no, but like take <laughs> out because already then left. you're going to get sick, and then that becomes a bigger issue. And then you can post on Instagram about how you threw up at the sushi place, right? And you'll talk to our yeah. people. Um, but there are a lot of restaurants that are opening. Um, there are a lot that are only doing takeout or delivery, um, and I still want to encourage people to to support them um, because it's a big deal. Salons are starting to be able to open, um, which for a lot of people that have not had a haircut in a month and a half, um, one of my coworkers, one of my employees was like, um, my wife tried to cut my hair. It didn't turn out so well, so we just shaved it all off. I'm like, <laughs> that's fine. You're a dude. You can do that. But, you know. Chicks can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Shave it all off. No. I'll give you a dollar. A dollar. Five dollars. My cousin's little girl shaved her head. But you know what I mean? Like, that's been a, that's a thing. Like, and not even like the superficial need to have my hair like styled and colored, but like just a regular cut, you know, a month and a half, two months without a cut for anyone is, is quite a bit. So, um, and not everyone has flobies in their house. So. <laughs> it sucks as it cut. It's a suck cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly does suck. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, gyms. Some gyms are starting to open. Um, title boxing is going to open up, uh, with some incredible limitations. Yep. Yeah. Appointment only. So you have to sign up for the classes. There's only 20 people. They're going to separate you out. In and out in 10 minutes. Yeah. That's a, it's a very different experience. Um, because gyms have even stronger restrictions. You have to have your own mat. Yeah. And they're 10 feet apart. uh, All your own wraps and gloves and stuff you can't borrow anymore. 
No, you can. The first timer gloves still exist, but they're sanitizing them uh, in a special machine, and they're only going to be available for one use a day, versus being able to spray them and like bowling shoes, basically. <laughs> so, Speaking of, yeah, our bowling alley is going to open up. That's another business that. Um, Fat Cats by my house is not opening yet, but okay. they have been giving free popcorn every Friday, and it's delicious. I, I am curious oh, I about popcorn. about uh, movie theaters and stuff, too, and how this... Did you guys see the AMC stuff? AMC and Universal? Yeah, and it's a so, big deal. Well, it's, and it's Universal basically is, I think, totally in the wrong and fucked up here. Mm-hmm. So Universal decided to release Trolls 2 or whatever. Are you talking something entertainment right now? I, I'm so proud of you. I <laughs> am because I... Look, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> you like going to the movies. I do love going to the movies. But That's probably one thing that I'm most looking forward to. Also, I read a shit ton of news, and I occasionally the Us Weekly stuff does pop up in normal news. My Most of my Twitter feed is film critics and like industry variety, Hollywood reporter, and that's all that it's been the last week is all the Universal names. Well, it's crazy. And Regal. Regal's part of that also. Yeah, well, and, and I think you're going to see some other theaters that aren't tied to Universal. You should maybe um, talk about what it is for people well, that's who what don't I was, know. Well, that's what I was starting to do. So Trolls 2, um, Universal decided to release Trolls that. Trolls World Tour. Yeah, they, they and the Trolls movie was really cute. I love um, them. They decided to release that online mm-hmm. um, because it was supposed to come out in the theaters, but all the theaters shut down, um, and basically all of Hollywood shut down, and they said, well... We still want to release this movie. We want to give people something. Mm-hmm. So they released it online. And it was a success. It was a massive success. Yeah. Same with Sonic. Uh, no, Sonic, Sonic was in the was theater. In the theater. Oh, was it in yeah. theaters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was the only movie Sonic, that did it. Sonic, interestingly enough, I hear is really good after they fix it. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> it's pretty good. We um, watched it last or two weeks ago. I, so anyway, so they released Trolls and then they say, we can't wait to see how it's going to do when we do the theatrical release. And AMC was like, go fuck yourself. We're not going to host that movie. In fact, we're not going to host any movies because you're fucking us over. Like, the problem is, you release that movie online, the ticket sales are going to suck in the actual theater. Even if in a month from now they're able to release it, it's not going to be huge. People aren't going to take their kids to go see something they've already seen online. They're not going to take them to a movie theater to see it. And so AMC's response was, we're not going to show that movie. Like that's that just doesn't help us. That that's gonna hurt us to have a theater that's showing a movie that's been out online. It's like available. a dollar movie theater. Yeah, like it's just not gonna work out. And and they got to the point where they basically said, yeah, I mean, because you have to think about it long term for theaters, they're not gonna have movies. Like there's some that are queued up that they had to hold off on, but a lot of others that aren't ready that haven't had any production work for the last. Three, two months or it's going to be at some point. There's going to be a spot where there's a big lull in movie production and movie releases because um, we're already starting to kind of hit that and we're going to get a bunch out. And then, so, but the, All of a sudden, dance films can come out. <laughs> yeah, but basically, I mean, I don't blame the theaters because they're like, you made the decision to release this online. Why would you try and put it in theaters afterwards? Like a limited run for a couple days might be something, but to try and do a regular run in the theaters? Right. It's just not okay. And because the studios often Sometimes do dictate what the theaters get to run. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they're like, fine, we just won't show any Universal movies. We're yeah. fine with that. It's it's not going to hurt us enough. So, anyway, sorry, that was a long rant. I, I just wanted, because we've talked about so much shit, and we're going to close out on a pile of shit um, in terms of the news, I wanted to talk about things that were opening, because I think that's really good, and I think 
people should go support. Well, then you should probably businesses. talk about the meat thing if you want to end on something good, because the meat thing is. <laughs> no, that's what I said. We're going to end on something shitty with the meat oh. thing. So I warned about this a few weeks ago. Because, I've been warning you about this. Um, <laughs> I warned you about the toilet paper shortage and you didn't listen well, to me. The toilet paper <laughs> thing's fine. I'm not worried about toilet paper. I'm teasing you. Because what I said is, is the case. It's starting to come back. I know. But my point is, is it was a problem for a lot of people. So the meat thing. So when all this happened, um, Bree and I talked and Bree's like, I would feel a lot better if you stocked our freezer a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Those supply lines are fine right now. I'm not worried about that. You go to the grocery store and for like a week... The meat was decimated because everyone basically had the same idea, and then it was all back to normal. So the chicken feet were always there. Yeah. Um, they're not there anymore. Um, in fact, fresh chicken is really hard to find. Um, you had farmers that had to cull entire massive flo- flocks of chickens because they can't process them. So chickens in particular are a, a, a very um, scarce source because they grow so fast the way we farm them now um, that they basically have like a, like a couple week long life cycle before they're tossed into the slaughterhouse. So all these chickens just had to die uh, and go nowhere. Um, so Tyson warned a couple weeks ago. Um, so I think the Smithfield plant was the first big one. Uh, it was not Tyson, but it was a pork processing plant, and most of these are in the Midwest, and it's responsible alone for like 6% of the U.S.'s pork. And I kind of said something about this on the podcast a few weeks ago, um, but they were warning that the food supply chain was going to have a big problem. So then a couple more big factories closed, Tyson closed, um, and the president issued an executive order um, using the wartime declaration thing to say, nope, you have to open back up. The problem is, even if they open back up, they're operating at half capacity at best because half of their workers are sick with COVID. It's not just that they don't want to be there. It's that their workers are sick. It's really hard to keep super sanitary conditions from a worker standpoint in a place like a meat processing facility. So as a result... Now there is a meat shortage um, that I, I warned was coming a couple weeks ago. Nearly one in five Wendy's restaurants are out of beef, just so you know. Wow. I did not wow. know that statistic. That's pretty harrowing. That was announced this morning. <laughs> so most grocery stores uh, are limiting your meat purchases to one item. Uh, so you can't really stock up at this point. Um, even So I was at Sam's Club because I said to Bree the other day, I said, we need to go. We've been going through our meat, and I've been trying to use stuff out of the freezer. Um, but I'm like, you know, we probably ought to stock up on a little bit more. Um, and so I went to Sam's Club to kind of get, you know, a, uh, some some beef, some pork, some chicken. There was no chicken. Got to the freezer area where they have all the different frozen chicken uh, concoctions from chicken nuggets to chicken tenders to chicken wings to chicken dinosaurs um <laughs> fun dinosaur shapes bald chicken um they have chicken balls basically popcorn chicken mm. um and then they have like you know a small area where they do like just frozen chicken breasts and frozen chicken uh tenderloins and stuff which is just a cut of a breast um they were all gone there was like one box left of frozen chicken breasts so i got a bag of those um because those will, will last a little bit um Listen, if you're not a meat, go to the Asian market. They have tons. They do have a lot of meat there. Um, I don't know how long they'll continue to have it because they get it from similar sources. Um, 
And so the problem fish, you could just become pescatarian. Yeah. So, but the problem the problem is the the meat supply chain, in particular, pork and chicken, but beef is taking a hit as well. Um, they're a serious issue. One suggestion that I have for people: if you have a freezer, if you have space, if you have friends that have space, go in on. Uh, I'm sorry, Jess. <laughs> go in on a uh, uh, like a half a cow or a quarter cow or uh, a pig, like uh, Christiansen Farms uh, out in like the Twill area. I don't know where the fuck they're at. Um, there's other local ranches. They're at the market normally. They don't get to be at the market for a while because there is no market right now. Um, also, save the market. If you want the market, go and donate. Yeah. And so... I think you should go to the Downtown Alliance, but... Yeah. And definitely, like, if you... Or like, there won't be one. <laughs> that's absolutely something you should do. It helps support local. It might be a little more expensive, though. I doubt it's going to be that much more expensive, given the cost that, that I'm seeing in the grocery store now um, for, for these products. Plus, it's local. They're not reliant on the same kind of mass slaughterhouse because they're small farms. Um, they're reliant on selling half a pig at a time or, hmm. or a quarter cow at a time. And it's great meat. It's better than anything you're going to buy anywhere yeah, You else. say that, but you know, you've been telling me this for 10 years, but you've never done one. So, because... Because John and Sean don't have freezers. Because Sean's freezer broke and he didn't get a new one. And John doesn't have a deep freeze yet. So I'm trying to convince him. Jeremy, do you have a deep freeze? We sure do. Do you want to split a pig or a cow? That's where my 40 pounds of hog meat from my last hunter at. Yeah. Jess? See, if we we need pig, we can yeah. just go pay Jeremy. You split a pig <laughs> or a cow with us? I would totally split a cow. So my this, aunt does it all the time. This might be a thing. I've always wanted to do it. It's expensive, but if you split but it into so two or three it. people. It's so worth it, and they yeah. cut it in however, like, however you want. And they it's use, amazing. They use local butchers to do yep. it. So you're supporting a lot of local people by doing Super that. Super awesome. Well, uh, we're joined uh, long distance on, so I don't even know where you guys are at. We're on <laughs> Skype with these guys uh, in the midst of, uh, you know, pandemic 2020, um, COVID-19, sponsored by COVID-19. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Zach and Case from uh, the Foodie app. How's it going? Happy to be here. It's awesome. Where are you guys? Where are you guys hailing from? Like sunny California or um, Provo? <laughs> Provo, sunny Provo. Are you really in Provo? Because I just pulled that out of my ass. Oh, you you nailed it. We're out of here, Provo. They've got a pretty sweet like brick oven looking background behind them. Looks like a brick oven that was like covered up. This is the summer office. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I guessed Provo. That's fun. Uh, so, are you guys from Utah originally, the two of you? Uh, I'm, I grew up in Colorado. I'm, I'm from Idaho, so we came here for school and have circled back around. For obviously, it's kind of fun. Yeah. What school? BYU. BYU. Yeah. Go Cougars. Both of us. <laughs> You're not making. No, my daughter's a Ute, and Jeremy graduated from the U, and Chris is. Yeah, no, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's so you guys both came to Utah for school, and you just kind of stuck it out, and just kind of. We we actually paired together as as roommates freshman year, and uh, kind of a. Been doing stupid stuff since then. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Idaho are you from? Uh, Boise area, small town, Star. If you've ever heard of it? Uh, yep. Jeremy's from Idaho. I'm sorry. from Pocatello. 
There you go. Okay, yeah. A bunch of family in Pocatello, too. So that's awesome. <laughs> by way of Idaho. I'm from shitty Podunk, Wyoming. So uh, we're, we're from all little places, except for Zach. He's from like Denver or something, probably. I'm from Salt Lake. So yeah, we know. I don't know. Jess, where were you Bountiful? born? Bountiful. Bountiful. No, I was born in Provo. Oh, Provo. Oh, oh. Provoite. So I'm like the only one that was like born in a real city. <laughs> like I was legit born in Salt Lake City proper. Born in a real city. Yeah. yeah. We're out in Colorado, Zach. Uh, I grew up in it's called Highlands Ranch. It's just like 20 minutes. Hey, my cousin lived there. I've been there. There you go. It's very sketchy right now. Be careful. <laughs> That's what I hear. A lot of pot farms or something? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Highlands Ranch. It was pretty standard, like, suburban white people place. It was not. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh, so like the Inner Mountain West, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all lived incredibly um, um, sheltered lives, I guess we'll say. <laughs> yeah. So you guys come, you come down to school, um, you get paired up as roommates. I want to hear the story of like what you thought of one another, because I'll I'll tell you my experience. I got paired up with a dude from Richfield, Utah, and I was like. Looking on a map, because this is like in the early 90s, so there's there's not a lot of internet um, still. There's not phones in your hands yet. Uh, and I look at it on a map, and I'm like, Richfield? I'm like, ah, shit. That's like, it's a town about the size of the town I grew up in Wyoming, like 10, 12,000 people. I'm like, it's all a bunch of fucking hicks, I bet. Some super Mormon hick, and I'm not going to be able to handle it. <laughs> he was thinking basically the exact same thing about me. <laughs> so yeah. we get there, and he's like, Where's your cowboy hat? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like I'm wearing like skater punk clothes, and I'm like hanging up posters of Jack Daniels in our dorm room. And he's like, okay, clearly you're not just some like cowboy hick from Wyoming, so maybe you're a cool roommate. So what? I want to know what your impressions were like getting paired up because college roommate. That's one of the one of the most interesting things to get randomly paired like that. Okay, we've got yeah. Also, we've got a good story that probably can. Just the, from the moment we, the first moment we met, I guess. So we were matched in. I never looked you up before. I didn't like, I never even looked up who I was going to be rooming with, I don't think. Yeah. I think I stalked you once on Facebook. In case had been living in Ukraine for the summer and had like a giant beard and kind of looked like the Unabomber. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. This guy would be my roommate. Sweet. And, uh, I was, I don't know, I was kind of rowdy and just, I don't really, I, when I went to, um, college, I was super into like skateboarding, snowboarding, and just like, um, I don't know, didn't really want to like fit in in the BYU place, I guess. And so I got there to the dorm first, and I was just like bored and nothing was going on. So I was skateboarding on the furniture in our house and just like had the music cranked up super loud. And then Kate showed up with his old like pickup truck and started loading stuff up. And so I went down to help him. He's like, here, help me with grab this. I was like, okay. And it's just like a big box with a blanket over it. And it's really heavy. And so we're like walking up the stairs like, what's in, what's in this thing? I like, picked up the corner of the blanket and he had this giant snake in there. <laughs> and, and like the dorms were very like clear about like, there are no pets of any kind. <laughs> and so I saw that and I was like, Oh, okay, this is cool. We'll probably get along. 
Well, yeah. When I when I opened the door, I remember that I remember him like skating on the on the couch, like bouncing up and down, practicing whatever kickflip or whatever you're working on. But <laughs> but then you're like in the corner, you had like this like beatbox, like this drum set beatbox thing with your shirt off, just like bouncing, <laughs> like making. <laughs> Whoa, dude. This is crazy. <laughs> so, and then it's, it, it worked out well. We had a lot of fun. Still having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just stay roommates since then? Or did you, like, venture out and, and find other places and just stay well, friends? Exactly. So we roomed there for, like, one semester. We both left, went on missions, and then we came back few years later and then yeah we were in the yeah. house and kind of i kind of bounced around a little bit and just explored some different places but we were always like i would always go back and hang out there and stayed there a few times a week usually but then zach so then we like uh, or go ahead what was your question oh i need to know what happened to the snake <laughs> what happened to it the snake stayed it, safe for yes, a long time the snake was totally good we had like this boiler room closet that I rigged it up in and so like nobody ever opens that door and so I I actually there were a couple of girls down the down the way that I set up like they had a mouse problem so I set up live mice <laughs> trap in their uh, apartment or whatever and would check them every day and had free food for my snake the whole semester. That's so cool. What what kind yeah, of snake was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a diamondback growler. <laughs> <laughs> It was an albino corn snake, so it was like really pretty, like pink. Ooh, yeah. Well, what would have been awesome is when you left school, if the snake would have stayed. <laughs> left in the air conditioning vent. Yeah. Yes. It's like snakes on a plane. <laughs> snakes in a dorm. Left Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. <laughs> so, where did you guys, uh, where did you guys go on your church-sponsored vacations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I served in in Russia and Kazakhstan for for about fifty fifty. So awesome, nice. Madrid, Spain. Wow, Ooh. Kazakhstan's an interesting country. It's basically yeah. like Russia, but they just make Russia pay for everything. Because <laughs> that's where Russia does all their like space launch stuff and everything else. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, like Kazakhstan's like big too? Right. It's a huge country. Yeah, it's huge. It's like I think it's like the sixth or seventh largest country in the world. Like it's it's big. But there's not a lot of people there, are there? No, it's just a bunch of stat. Like you just look out. Like the, the actually the, the city I was serving in is a lot like Salt Lake. It backs up right to these like really abrupt uh, mountains, and then but then you look the other way, and it just like it goes forever. And, it's all uh, like Denver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, well, it's an interesting. I just have I have a buddy that's from Kazakhstan, so his dad's like some rich oil tycoon, does like oil ship repairs out in the Caspian, in the Black Seas with his company. And so his like his dad for fun in Kazakhstan would like buy apartment buildings and remodel them to rent to embassy people. <laughs> that's what he did for entertainment, like <laughs> weird stuff. I think it's a wild place for sure. So you guys came back from your, your missions and you, did you finish out at BYU then, or did you quit school? Like what did, what, what kind of happened after the missions? Yeah, I finished, both of us finished at BYU. Zach decided he wanted to be a doctor. So he 
went to med school and in case lived in the, and I'm a trailer. <laughs> I moved into an RV. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of, I got married and my wife and I we moved into a, a little RV and we we uh, put together kind of a sponsored trip with a bunch of outdoor companies on the hundred year anniversary of the national parks and we went to all the national parks in the US kind of one fell swoop. So that's that's kind of what we did after that. And, um, wow. And like, so, so you just like sought out sponsorships so that you could have this whole thing paid for. And yeah. So at first we didn't really know what we were doing. We we're just like goofball kids sitting in our basement apartment in our jammies talking to like the marketing director at Yakima and Chaco and all these like big outdoor companies that, that, you know, we had, I mean, they're idea. used to talking to hippies, so you're probably okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we figured it out as we went and uh, ended up kind of landing a kind of pretty sweet gig. You know, we just wrote and took pictures and, and traveled around to, to the parks and played in, in the wilderness. It was fun. So did you do that for the entire year for like all of, what, 2016 or whatever? Or just yeah, through the summer? Or? It, was like, it was like a year, year and a half kind of adventure. And uh, we had a kid along the way. And uh, it was just kind of, it was all pretty wild. We, we the, the big thing that, like, got a lot of attention was the fact that we took our cat with us. I guess people <laughs> take cats into the, into the wilderness very often, and so people were freaking out about that. But, uh, yeah, our kitty's been to all the national parks, too, which is crazy. What's your favorite national park that you've been to? Oh, man, it's a pretty gnarly question. It's hard. I... I... It's it's hard because I I really love the desert parks of Utah, so those will always have like a really special place in my heart. But as far as one that like I experienced for the first time, that was kind of a surprise. Um, I I would say Big Bend National Park down in Texas, which is also like a desert park, yeah. but it's right on the border there, and it's just so much to to offer. And it's, it was just really really fun. I loved it. But, so what about med school? Yeah, what happened to med school? <laughs> Well, so all this was happening while I was in med school and I was, you know, talking to Case and I was like, you're getting paid to go kayaking. (laughs) You're like, I uh, miss you so much. It's like, well, what the freak am I doing? Like I'm paying, I'm paying like to get tortured to do sucky things. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing with my life? It was definitely like, it was also very like awakening and learning moment going through med school and just recognizing like learning a lot about myself and what I wanted and and just uh realized it was just like really was a bad was a bad fit I just wasn't interested in any of the things there after a while and uh wasn't what were interested. you go, what was your like focus what did you want to go for originally well you start off you just get your MD in the first four years and then after that you go to residency and kind of can pick a specialty or just be like a, a a general practitioner and I, I like uh you know so I didn't really have a I wasn't totally sure what I was what I was gonna do afterwards. Um I was interested in maybe like psychiatry, maybe orthopedic surgery, but uh or occupational. <laughs> like, Those are very different. <laughs> different specialties. One's a carpenter and one's a brain mechanic. Yeah. My daughter is going to school for psychology right now, but she's going to it for criminal psychology. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Um, 
but yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was definitely a really, uh, interesting moment. There's a lot of things I learned about, you know, the industry and just the whole process that there, there's a lot to, I think a lot changing there, but, but I mean, the, what it really came down to for me was I just didn't really enjoy it. I went to school every day and looked at my career and my path and trajectory in life. And it just like, this is not really what I envisioned and this is not really the life I want to live. And, uh, so, you know, my wife and I talked a lot about it and decided like, Hey, we're, if we're going to get out of this, we better do it or sooner than later before we get too entrenched. Well, the, the problem, the problem I think is Zach is really good at solving problems and coming up with solutions to, to issues that are out there. And so he kept getting into med school was this like giant problem for him to, to tackle and solve and like get the right references and, and, you know, do the right things and, and kind of get, you know, he got in and he did great. And, and then once he was there, he's like, wait a minute, there's, I don't want to memorize stuff. I don't want to like do all this. And <laughs> Because there, there were less problems in med school, right? The actual adventure getting there was was way better fit than actual actually being there for it. I think it's it's true. Yeah, the process of getting into med school is actually very like entrepreneurial in nature. It requires a lot of like creativity and hard work and just kind of figuring things out. And I really enjoyed that. But you know, once you once you get in, everything's really very different. And even the coursework you take is really different. You don't. You know, I love like physics and OCHEM, which you don't you don't do any of that in, in med school. Nope. So I always but, tell people who want to be doctors, like you go to school for twelve years. Doctors are brilliant people, but they usually kind of suck at most stuff, and they go to school for twelve years to learn how to do like the same fifteen things really, really well. And that's a big thing, you know. People told me it's like, you know, uh, don't go to med school unless you like can't do anything else. Meaning like. <laughs> You either, you know, <laughs> and that meaning both like you either don't have the skills or you just like <laughs> so set on this that you just like emotionally can't do anything else, you know? And for me, I was like, I think I could do other things. And there's a lot of other things I want to do. And so I was like, there's points in, in school where I would like be running these crazy schedules because I was like trying to build businesses on the side while in med school. And I'd like wake up at five in the morning and then take like two weeks off of school so I could like focus on like building websites and then like go back and do like all nighters for a week to like catch up on everything right before the test. And it was just like, it was just a mess. I was like, this is not, this is not working out. There's too much, too much inner conflict. So how did you guys, I mean, so that's, those are, you know, it sounds like there's a bit of FOMO there. You're like, Case is out living his life and I got books in front of me. So how do we make this like a, a business? I imagine that's what your thought process was. Well, so we, so we actually started, uh, I started just like building really simple websites when I was in med school. I started doing WordPress stuff and my wife and I, my wife's a cancer survivor and we built out this really cool, um, following and website for, for cancer survivors. And we ended up getting like a pretty big Instagram following and it turned into this like cool thing. I was just really hooked. I loved the process. I loved thinking about it and working on it. And it's just, it was a ton of fun. And, uh, it's kind of, you know, the first time where I was like, man, we can like start figuring some of this stuff out. And, uh, and meanwhile, while we were out on our, our trip to all the national parks, I mentioned how our cat got a lot of attention on the internet. Mm -hmm. We built up a following as well because of our cat. Um, <laughs> 
and nobody cared that we were going to the parks. They only cared that the cat was. And and so we. we I mean, that is kind of an interesting thing. It is actually. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't even let my cat get too close to the door because I don't want him to think that it's really cool to go outside. How many birds did your cat kill? In the national parks. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'll give that number. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but, uh, I think the fifth on that one. So yeah, wait, is, is is your cat the? It is the Adventure Cats cat. He is. is yeah, cat? he's been featured on the Adventure Cats like many times. I have, okay. in fact, I have an Adventure Cats shirt. That's how deep we are <laughs> into, into that world. I'm just but, trying uh, to find a picture of your cat. Is all. Yeah, we have we have two cats and two dogs. So I think there's like a children's book about him, isn't there? In the National Geographic. Somewhere. Yeah, Nat, Nat Geo did a, like a children's book feature on him. It's kind of kind of cool. But yeah. um, hashtag Vladimir Kitten if you really want to find the kitty. <laughs> Vladimir Kitten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that name just makes my whole life happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, so we, we both kind of had these audiences and we started kind of getting into this whole world of influencer marketing, right? To where um, we would we work with companies to promote their product or we would stay at a place to promote, you know, their rental or, or you know, eat at a restaurant to promote their food, whatever it was. And, and um, it kind of fell into our laps and we kind of, you know, dove into, into that world of influencer marketing. Um, kind of at the same time, going different places. Yeah. So it was, it was right before that, that I like, um, my wife and I, we, for my third year of med school, we were, we decided we, we were gonna, I got into this like satellite program that was outside the city. And so we were going to go and we didn't want to like buy a house or rent a place for a while. So we decided to convert this fifth wheel and we're just like, Oh, we'll make it this cute little tiny house. We'll just live in that. That sounds fun. And then, so we were already like starting to do that project and it was right around that time that we decided to, to pull the plug. And so we had this, this trailer, we had like, we were starting to figure out all this Instagram stuff. So then we just, we also took off and went on the road and started, uh, started figuring stuff out there too. And that's, what we, so we we're kind of both at the same time doing all this influencer stuff. Well, and then, so then we, we teamed up and we did a, we did a combined sponsored trip to, to Indonesia, to Bali. And, uh, so we were working with a couple companies and, and went out there. Um, and while we were there, we kind of had this weird idea slash goal to see if we could eat for free the entire time we were there. <laughs> and, uh, and so we rode this little scooter around the island and like wrote down all of the restaurants that we could find. And uh, then went back to our, our little place where we were staying and, hit them all up on Instagram. We had a whole, you know, ghetto spreadsheet that we were tracking it all and, and, uh, ended up eating for free for like two meals a day. We'd like go eat somewhere. Like everything was revolving around food. We'd go eat somewhere. Then we'd like go to the closest beach and then like go to the next place to eat. And like, just like, it was, it was pretty crazy for like a month. We did, we did that for a long time. And, wow. uh, that's, well, and it was, it was cool to see that was definitely an, um, you know, eye opening moment went to see like how much the restaurants loved it. And we loved it obviously, cause it was just like, you know, we were just bumming around and want to eat for free, but the restaurants loved it. Um, because especially in Bali and in a lot of other countries, like there are a lot of restaurants that live or die by their Instagram page. And it's like their one source of marketing. It's, they have a ton of tourist traffic and it's just like, 
it's just a great way for them to get out there. And it's really like, that's how they get like almost a hundred percent of their customer base. So it is um, heavily, fo- heavily focused on Instagram in particular, you'd say? Yeah. Yeah. yeah of, like even of all the social media, like just Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because they have food that you can see visually. I'm just looking at Jeremy because he's an architect that doesn't use Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, well, Instagram's super visual. It's perfect for food, and it's um, and it's like very adopted by the younger generation, and so it's you know it's just a great way to get in front of, of those people. people. Traveling to Bali, right? yeah, they're just they're cruising. Instagram or yeah, there's a ton of a ton of younger people that go to Bali and they fly in and like the first thing they do is go to Instagram and they search like hashtag Bali food or something or Bali bowls or just something that that like and they just start looking and scrolling through Instagram to find food and so it's really become you know a Yelp like directory of sorts where people are going there looking for food and they just like I mean even like happens with our wives various times where like literally they pull out their phone and just go to the guy at the front and be like, I want this and just like show them an Instagram post. And it's like, wow, that is incredible that people operate. New York York city is like a perfect example of that. I think like I look at a lot of food on my Instagram (laughs) and a lot of things have to do with New York city because I lived back East in New Jersey for six years and I still dream about food back there quite often. But, you know, and just like your basic feed, like that's what shows up and what an awesome opportunity to, you know, jot down, you know, the hip and cool mac and cheese place or, you know, the place with the best uh, cupcakes, you know, bagels, whatever. So and one, one thing we tell to a lot of our our restaurant, you know, customers that are talking to them is like. Most, most restaurant owners will tell you that their number one channel is word of mouth, right? That's how they grow their business. They make good food. People talk about them. And it's trying to show people that word of mouth looks a lot different today than it did 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like people are sharing their recommendations and they're sharing their experiences on social media. And if you got to be like in tune to that or you're missing out on a lot of word of mouth opportunities. Um, and so that, I mean, that's the way word is, word is spreading a ton you know- of you know they made a South Park episode about you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> a South Park episode about you guys? There's a whole South Park episode about like influencers and restaurants. It's great. Oh, we have to watch it then. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so how did you bring that idea from Bali to create the foodie app and focus on, on Utah? And to be clear, I have no idea what the foodie app is. You should. It's amazing. I've never used it. You don't use social media. <laughs> um, I got you. But it was, so there was actually a bit of a delay between like when that happened and when we decided to, to do this thing. I was, uh, and I've, I've always been like really interested in technology. I always knew I wanted to get involved in like software and tech companies somehow. I, that's what like I actually would tell people when I was in med school. I would be like, they're like, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm going to go build a software company. <laughs> and at the time I didn't know anything about coding. I didn't know, I didn't really have a ton of business experience and I really didn't have any like good ideas either. <laughs> but that was my goal. <laughs> it's just like, maybe if I just hold on to that, it'll figure itself out someday. So I was, uh, just kind of, I was doing different things. I was playing around with different technology. I got Salesforce certified 
And I took, I started, uh, I was like, man, I've got to like learn how to code at some point. So I bought this Udemy course for $11. And <laughs> I, I, was like, I love Udemy. It's awesome. <laughs> Udemy is great. It was, yeah, life changing. It was uh, one of the best $11 purchases of my life for sure. Cause I, <laughs> I started, like, I started tinkering around on there and I was like, the more I got into it, the more I was like, man, maybe I can figure this stuff out. Like, maybe, cause I was kind of like, I wonder if I'm like too late to the game to learn to code. Like everyone's years ahead. And like, it's kind of like, I never thought I'd be able to get into it, but I just started like doing it. And it wasn't, it was probably only like, I think like a week or two after I bought the course and started like dinking around that case called me and was like, Hey, I've got this idea. <laughs> Let's take that ghetto spreadsheet we had in Bali and make it kind of seamless. Right. That, that was the idea where, where, you know, obviously there was a need for a centralized location, right? For a place where influencers could jump on and find a restaurant that's down to host them for free. And there was obviously a need on the restaurant side to, to kind of just eliminate all of that work that we did on the scooter driving around um, and, you know, making it just a really easy place to collaborate, to, to connect the two parties. And yeah. so that was the idea. Yeah, we chatted about it, kind of fleshed it out a little bit, and it was like, huh, that could like maybe work. Like, you should try that case. Like, well, the thing is, we got to figure out like how do we build it. And I was like, well, uh, convenient. I just bought this like coding course. Like, maybe I'll give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's literally what we did. <laughs> so started just like going hard on it and building it and just figuring it out and talking to restaurants and and, uh, and yeah, that's how it started. So how, how was that? So is your focus been in Utah primarily then to start or has it been international? Well, yeah, no, we actually started here in America. We, we have a few little hubs. We, we do focus a ton on Utah, but we've done some experiments in, you know, Chicago, New York, LA. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, international is definitely, I think a big market for us, but it's just it worked a lot better to get it all right locally so we can like talk to people and you know we all speak the same language and stuff like that it just works easier to start here for sure so how's that conversation been like for restaurants because you know i've been in the the restaurant space for for years and i know what getting them to do anything is like (laughs) it's very difficult yeah Um, we didn't know that part yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i mean how i mean how is that how was that received because to me uh, you know, I, I have a couple of dudes coming and saying, "Hey, we've got this app. You you basically give influencers food, and they'll post pictures of your stuff on Instagram." And I assume you have to do that at like a corporate or like a franchise level. It depends, obviously, on on the the restaurant, right? If if it's a mom and pop place, you know, you're talking right. to the people that are flipping burgers sometimes, but. Uh, uh, we've, we've definitely figured out a lot of things over the last year and a half. It's been, uh, you know, at first we just started out, like we just would walk around, like walking to a restaurant, like, Hey, you want to use this thing we made? <laughs> and, uh, we've come a long ways from, from there and sort of refined, like, who's our target audience? Who actually cares about this stuff? There's a lot of mom and pop shops. Just, this isn't really on their radar. Um, and it's a little bit of a newer kind of a weird thing. A lot of them are, a lot of people that own one location restaurants are a little bit older and barely have an, uh, social media as it is. That's mm-hmm. like how we're going to blow up their, their restaurant through social media just doesn't land. 
And uh, so, yeah, you know, we go after our target audience is really restaurants that have, you know, multiple locations usually that are branded to, you know, focus on kind of younger generation or at least, you know, look really hip. And, Typically, uh, have a marketing director or like somebody who's in charge of the brand. You know, they have they have an Instagram. Yeah, they have. That's a key component. <laughs> and um, but yeah, you can you can kind of tell. You know, you look at different restaurants. It's like, oh yeah, these guys they would they would be good. They would match for it. Other ones you can also tell which fit well. So what's the comparison then to? And and I'm really curious, like, how does the conversation go? Because you know, this is a this is a especially in the U.S. A, a fairly different idea than maybe some of the big players have had. So because there's Yelp, right, and there's Google reviews, which are very very big in the restaurant space in terms of identifying and seeing pictures and and getting reviews. I mean, what do you tell them when you're coming with this new idea of having an influencer post stuff for them, um, as opposed to the free pain in the ass publicity of, of Yelp and Google? Sure. So that, that's oftentimes where the conversation kind of goes. It's like, well, like, how is this different from a review site or whatever? And, and we kind of, we kind of have to, you know, explain that it, you know, it's, you're not really asking for reviews. You're asking for them to give like more of like an intimate recommendation to a friend, right? So these people that are following, you know, this Instagram account, they, they perceive this influencer as like somebody that they know, even though they've never met them, but they, they're like, whoa, I know pretty much everything about them because I have this really intimate window into their lives every day. And, and then when they say, you know, when they have a little video on their Instagram story saying like, Hey, out with the girlfriends at, you know, weekend at this cool place, whatever they're like, their, their immediate reaction isn't like, Oh, I'm sure they have like the best food. It's like, Oh, that place looks cool. I want to go and visit with my girlfriends. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's more of like an intimate recommendation as opposed to an official like foodie review of like their steak and potatoes. Right. It's, it's, it's more just like a cool thing. I need this job right now. And so reviews are geared for people like, you know, optimizing your review site is geared towards catching customers that go to review sites, right? And people that are already out there looking for a restaurant right now and they're checking reviews on Yelp and Google reviews. Um, whereas this is the other way, right? It's putting a restaurant in front of people um, in, instead of optimizing, you know, a site for the people that are out there looking. So it's, it's you know, it's advertising as opposed to, to reviews, right? Well, people, people always talk about hashtags and like, oh, what's the purpose? Like, this is a perfect example of when you would use it. If your influencer is, you know, recently posting about Porcupine Grill and I hear about it and I look up the hashtag Porcupine Grill and there's your influencer with an awesome picture of nachos, like, exactly. I'm sold, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm going to another aspect of it all it's almost like seo but for instagram right you want to make sure that you have content that's out there living on instagram that jumps up at the top of the feed because there's a lot of attention and a lot of action happening on that post instagram's going to favor that so when somebody looks up like hashtag salt lake city food you're up there at the top because you have that influencer getting all that action on your on your uh post yeah there's there's been 
where I've, I've come home. There's one time I remember right now where I came home and my wife had bought Bombay house and it was just sitting there on the counter. By the way, Bombay house, if you're listening, I'm sure we've emailed you several times. Go ahead. Sign and up for <laughs> We had Bombay house this weekend. It was sitting there on the counter and I was like, Oh, Bombay house. Interesting. And then I like, her phone was sitting there and was also like open the screen on. I looked down and it's literally an Instagram post of one of her friends and Bombay house is tagged right there in the comments. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I can see the like paper trail here from Instagram post to bank account of how this food got to my house. <laughs> Those earworms. Oh, earworms. So I'm going to say something that's going to get Bree really involved. So there's a new show on TV. It's really awful. But it's the kind of show that Brie likes. It's called Beauty and the Baker. Shut up. And it is exact. There, there is a a piece in there that it's basically it's in the first episode. And it's it's essentially what you guys are doing. So he ends up at some place and meets this girl, and she's he doesn't even know who the hell she is. And it turns out no, she's he like, knows who she is. She's like a she's like a super famous influencer, uh, and she posts an Instagram and hashtags the bakery that his parents own. And they're in, like, it's like New York or something. And the bakery oh, it's, is... it's California. It's flooded with people the next day. Uh, and that's kind of the idea, right? Like, if you get people with a lot of followers saying, go to this place, or I'm at this place, people will go there just because. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. perfect example of, of the power of it. And, and you know, what, what's cool is that concept both works at like the macro and the micro level, right? So you can have somebody with, you have somebody with, you know, a million followers blow up this bakery with one post, or you can get, you know, 20 people with like, you know, 5,000 followers and talk about this. And you, you know, there, there's an argument that there's even more of like a local, more intimate and like dedicated following in those accounts that, then all of a sudden it's like tuned into to whatever place that they're talking about as well. So it's, it's, and, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with foodie. We're trying to capture both, you know, some of these, some of these bigger accounts and along with that smaller accounts that, that, you know, it's, it's easy for a restaurant to give away, you know, a free burrito or whatever. So, so it's, it's, it's worth that, you know, exposure to go even you know, thousands of followers. So well, there, are, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, our value prop is really that there's no, there's no cheaper way to get new customers, you know, like, and there's actually not a lot of technology out there that focuses on bringing new customers to your restaurant. There's several that will help you, you know, generate more revenue from your existing customer base. Um, but like actually getting in front of new people and getting them to your customers, there's, or getting those customers to your restaurant, there's, it's really pretty difficult. I mean, you can like pay for one of the ways you pay for delivery services, which are going to gouge you on like 30% fees. You can pay Yelp. $700 a month, or you can like drop several thousand dollars into Google or Facebook ads every month and like hope you get a good marketer that does a good job and, and gets you a good ROI, but it's expensive and it's risky. And it's like, this is a very affordable way to get in front of people and get new customers. That's not that, that restaurants can, can reach and isn't going to like be a huge risk and break the bank. So I, w- I was just going to say, um, I'm not quite sure how recent the article was, but Forbes magazine, just came out with an article about how um, the age of the influencer might be done because of COVID, which I don't believe like influencers will be around for a while. But on that same level, a lot of people tend to look at influencers as um, entitled 
privileged, snotty. So how do you balance that with your business and make sure that the influencers that you're choosing for your restaurants are like solid people? Well, like, like Kay said, you know, we have a huge focus on the micro level too, uh, where there's, you know, you just have to have a thousand followers. We've got a thousand followers on Instagram. You can sign up for foodie. And so we love to work with people that are just are, have, you know, are just really active on Instagram and they have a, a little bit bigger following with their friends and family. And, uh, and then, you know, they're just sharing things with their, with their friends and family, right? They're not necessarily the huge people. Um, we also, the, but in addition to that, we also go through and we'll vet every single account and we have algorithms that'll check for lots of different stuff. And we try to make sure that we're working with, with people we like and people we think that will be able to provide value to restaurants. And then there's also the agreement that snooty, snooty and entitled isn't one of our filters. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a lot. <laughs> Jess is worried because she's that very snooty. And I am so snooty. No, I'm short, like 230 followers to participate. So someday. <laughs> but one, one, one thing that is really important about the platform is that it's all on trade, right? Is that we don't want restaurants to have to pay per influencer. And that's a big deal. That actually helps to eliminate quite a bit of snootiness because uh, if they want to charge money to restaurants, we say you can't, you can't be out. Well, because a lot of, a lot of it, you know, influencers think that they're this really big deal because they have so many eyeballs, right? Tuned into what they're doing. And so then, you know, they're saying like, give me all this money. But for us, we really wanted to make sure that restaurants had a space in influencer marketing. There are other influencer platforms out there, right? Like we're not, we're not the first ones to, to this idea to kind of put all influencers in one place to shop around and get them. But, the, but what's important about foodie is that it's food only and on trade. And that is what provides a space for restaurants to kind of play in this influencer marketing game where before the restaurant doesn't, have, they just don't have the margins to drop hundreds of dollars every post. Right. Um, to, you know, to get an influencer. So why, why foodie with you? I'm not <laughs> spelled out or what was the decision there? Yeah. Was it just because F O O D I E was taken? Well, I think it just helps us to fit in with the culture in Silicon Valley. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it's true. It's, it's well, unique and let's be honest the you know foodie spelled normally dot com domain was like a million dollars so i'm like eh, we're not going to spring for that let's just spell it probably just some porn site anyway <laughs> they own all the good domains so do you guys have any personal favorite restaurants in utah oh good question um, let's see. My my wife loves sushi place here in, in uh, Pro, Provo. Uh, five Five Guys uh, sushi. Uh, my wife also loves that place. Yeah, we both saw. And let's see, what else? There's a place that I go a lot. I'm trying to think. Well, um, Bombay, try, I got the, yeah, try not to play. Try not to play too, you know, favoritism, right? With our yeah, you can be, you can have favorites. My favorite place is in Provo, so it's all good. Bangkok yeah. Grill used to be in Provo. Or India Palace is in Provo. Buds, Buds in Salt Lake has awesome sandwiches. We, we really like to go there. We're, I'm vegan, so we, they have like these really killer vegan sandwiches. It's really good. Uh, um, 
I'll go to Yogurt Land a lot. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> the one in Orem? Across the I want yogurt. That sounds uh, good. Frozen yogurt. I used so to know the owner of that one, but I think they sold it. So it's yeah. a, I know the franchise that one is. There's a lot of good food in Provo, though. I always forget how much good food is down that way. I don't, because I worked down there for a long time. I, they're probably not for the vegan, but if you like barbecue, have you been to Bam Bam's? You guys are both BYU boys. You had to know about Bam Bam's. Was there. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the best barbecue joints in, in Utah. Easy. So how are how are you guys helping? Because obviously, where there's no dine-in services, things are kind of changing. We've been lifting off of curbside and delivery. So how do you get your influencers out to? Now that's not very photogenic. I'm gonna be honest with you. What? Curbside <laughs> delivery. It can be cute. Um, <laughs> you can you can take a good picture, but how like how are those conversations happening with your influencers on like what they need to get out there for the businesses during COVID? Well, obviously, most of the restaurants right now are focused on like curbside and delivery, and so um, those are the only channels so they can make money. Right. Yeah, and a lot of those restaurants traditionally haven't those weren't big channels or even capabilities at all for them and so a lot of it's new and they're trying to drive traffic there the experience is kind of awkward yeah you know it's like all it's just kind of weird and they need yeah and so you know they need to drive traffic they need to normalize it and make it people know like hey you can still come here and it's the same great food um and so we think influencers are really perfect for that kind of thing and so we decided to help restaurants out we're gonna give away our software for free to restaurants in utah until until things um, sort of calm down. And, um, and so, yeah, we, there's actually a special link. If you're a restaurant, you can go to foodieapp.com slash COVID-19 and there's a, uh, you can sign up for free as, as a restaurant there. We're just all They're all writing it down. down. <laughs> Sorry if we're very, very. Question to how do we like talk to our, our influencers about that? Yeah. We've kind of, kind of push that narrative to them. It's like, Hey, you know, restaurants one need our help right now, but, but two, you can go and, and, you know, get the food and take it home and talk about how easy it was, you know, how you didn't have to get out of your car, how you, you know, felt, you know, it was, it was all very clean and, and safe and easy or whatever. And so, so there's, there's definitely like a narrative that, that they can push to really help restaurants during all of this. I think I think social media right now has probably played an incredible part in making sure that these businesses are um, I'm using the term staying afloat very lightly just because if you think of a restaurant and you're like, oh, I want like I wonder if they're still open. I wonder if they're doing curbside. What are you going to do? You're going to hop on Instagram. You're going to hop on Facebook, maybe on Twitter. And once you see people, you know, whether they're waiting in line outside to pick up their food at six feet apart or like there's an amazing pizza place out by me. I live out in Eagle Mountain that has started using um, the podium apps. So everything's text, you know, and it's all cash and just like uh, the restaurant that's in the same parking lot, the way that they have done their like pickup orders. Like it's just it's really cool how quickly the restaurants have adapted to the situation. Like, I mean, I know that they kind of had to, but it's really amazing to see it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That, that was 
that was kind of the only thing that they had left, right? Was their, was their online and social presence. And so it's, it's definitely a, a vital, vital thing for restaurants to make sure that, that that is dialed right now. Yeah. And especially right now, I think social media usage is up something like 40%. Like there are, that is where a lot of the eyeballs are right now. And, and so we really think this is a way we can, we can help restaurants out. And, and I mean, we've talked to several of our customers and different restaurants out there. And we know a lot of people are really struggling to just uh, keep the lights on and, and be able to survive through this. And so we think this is a, a way we can, we can help a lot. And, uh, by giving it away for free and helping them to just drive more customers, you know? Perfect. Before we have like our end end question, I'm going to put the two of you through a lightning round against each other. Okay. Lightning. Round. Yep. A lightning round. I've never, we've never done this before, but, um, oh. yep. yeah. And Jess is taking it upon herself. Yes. I so t- actually, I haven't. Amanda actually submitted these questions, so you have to answer. So are you ready? Oh, okay. Amanda. Amanda did. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so who's the creative one? This is a lightning round. You guys can't think this long. Yeah. Come on. You guys are already feeling the lightning round. Yeah, we're both creative in different ways for sure. Okay, who's more uptight? Oh, Zach, for sure. <laughs> uh, who's the perfectionist? Oh, probably, probably Zach. Too, yeah. <laughs> and then who's more adventurous? Oh, Case. Okay, I'll take that one. <laughs> Is that Case's, case? Case's cat. Yeah. Oh, Case's cat. Oh, yeah. Good call. Awesome. That's all I got for you. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I just thought they were really good questions. Cause who's better was, looking? Who's better looking? Oh, <laughs> Case looks like Sebastian Stan. Yeah, maybe. I keep, he's like, you, both of you look incredibly familiar to me, and I keep going, I know I've met these guys from somewhere, but I, I really have no idea where. Familiar faces. You haven't seen me once because I'm like hidden under the camera. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> just like a ghostly voice on the video. We have one other question. <laughs> what? You're looking up Sebastian Stan? <laughs> He's the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Come the, on. The guy that plays the Winter Soldier. Oh, oh like Captain America? Yeah. 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 He's the oh. one that plays. Yeah, one arms dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the resemblance is pretty uncanny. It's pretty close. I would say if there's a famous person, that's who I would. Uh, your doppelganger. That's <laughs> oh, Zach's jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zach. I'll think of someone for you. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> Adam Driver? Not really. No. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> So we have one other question for you guys. Um, we we ask everyone that's on the show this. You guys are you are Utah people now. You you are from Utah, as far as I'm concerned. You've been here and planted some roots down. Um, what's one thing in Utah that you couldn't bear to part with? Oh, the access, oh, the access to the wilderness. It's uh, it's I, I love Utah just because I can be you know pretty much anywhere on the Wasatch Front, and I'm. 10 minutes away from a climb, I'm right next to a trail that I can ride a bike on and, you know, three quarters of a tank of gas away from Southern Utah desert. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's access for me. Yeah. I, I love the same, probably same thing. I love living right next to the mountains, being able to see everything and just feeling like I'm right up close to it and I can get into the mountains very quickly. And, uh, just, I feel like it's really pretty. You get a lot of really cool, views and weather patterns 
And uh, some it's something you most big cities aren't that close to stuff. It's like you can see them like two hours away. But this is you're right up in in the business. It's really nice. So, what's your favorite local trail? If you like to do a lot of hiking and stuff. Yeah. So Provo area, I love. Uh, if you go up Provo Canyon, there's, there's South Fork, so like past Vivian Park, and you just keep mm-hmm. up there, and you can just take that trail way out. Man, it's awesome. And in the, in the in the fall, all the aspens change colors, and you're riding through like a yellow disco ball. It's like the coolest thing ever. Like, I love it. I'll never look at the mountains the same. Big old yellow disco ball. Yeah. Do you guys? How do you say mountain? They've been saying What's mountain that? the whole time. I don't. I don't. I wasn't paying attention. They've been. I was going to make a comment about how the how they can't be actual Utahns because they are saying mountain. They and don't not have the mountain. lazy accent yet. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> It'll come. Just be here a few more. They years. both say mountain. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <My> goodness. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, a pleasant conversation. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is awesome. And how can people get a hold of you? Uh, always hit us up on our website. There's you know contact forms on there. Foodyapp.com. F-U-D-I-A-P-P.com. And on Instagram, obviously. So foodyapp official. Um, on Instagram or shoot us an email I'm just Zach Z-A-C-H at foodieapp.com feel free to reach out love to love to chat thanks guys thanks guys thank you Uh, well I gotta go home and decorate a cake so alright I think that means we're done that's just in work I better keep an eye on my chickens I've been to work and the podcast and everything today I Uh, I should really get Get some home time. Speaking of missing chicken, um, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, how's wingless? There, your your. Yeah, did it die? Did Lefty die? Huh? She's fine. Is she one of the older ones or is she younger? No, ones? she's one of the. That's right. Young ones, but you can't even tell. Nice. Other than when she stretches her wings and she's only got one. <laughs> she's like, oh, this one wing over here. But the feathers have like filled back in. You nice. can't tell. We don't look at this one. We don't talk about it. Yeah, she's gonna end up being like the godmother of Pro- the chicken probably. coop. <laughs> I lost this wing to that dog over there. We'll kick his ass later. <laughs> there. Why is Jeremy's chicken Mexican? <laughs> because his bees are Italian. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do you think? <laughs> I was just making a voice. I didn't really intend it for sounded, it to be Mexican. It sounded kind of Hispanic. Hey. Yeah. Uh, See? Hey, Chihuahua, <laughs> let's kill that dog. Now, that would be Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, we were talking about TikTok earlier. I saw a TikTok video, and it's like, they had a picture. He had a, a like a little dog biscuit on his, uh, I don't know what's going on over there. Just is showing Show Jeremy the, something. The killer hornet bee thing. Oh, there's a, there's a guy creepy. that got, per- like, purposely stung himself with it. A murder hornet. What yep. a dumbass. So, the, there's like a dog biscuit, and it's like, when my girlfriend wears yoga pants, and it's a dog biscuit, and then he turns, and then like his little wiener dog's standing there, and he's like, what my wiener does. <laughs> the wiener stands up on his back legs to get the treat. <laughs> It is not that funny. Oh, it was pretty funny. No. Um, thanks again. Um, we're going to thank the foodie people on the back of that. <laughs> Those guys were a pleasure to talk to. We we really appreciate their time. Um, you know, foodieapp.com is the, the Just website. Just did you figure them. out who Zach looks like yet? No, not yet. Um, but uh, Kristen sent me the picture yet. I did. I emailed it to you. 
Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't check my email. So uh, you said you were going to text it to her. I know, and then, <laughs> then I couldn't because it was on the computer. It's okay. That's all right. We're we're all we're all figured out. Um, that's going to do it. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at the New Utah Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at TNU Podcast. Not on but Twitter. But you can't follow us on Twitter. Not right now. Maybe we'll get out of Twitter gel, honestly. Okay. Who fucking knows? Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, our website, though, is very nice. TheNewUtah.com. I don't use it, so it's You don't know how to log into it, nope, so. It's still up gonna, and running. It's a little behind. We're going to keep it that way. Soon. Um, uh, I think you can still use New Pod 5 for uh, $5 off your uh, delivery. delivery Delivery. Oh, speaking of that, really, really quick, we did a, a Ruby Snap delivery for last Thursday, and I ordered my, I placed my little order, and Chris came upstairs and he's like, I don't think that's enough, and so I hurried and called him, and because they're like all local and just right there, like literally, like stopped the driver on the way out. They're like, wait, I think you have this order, and we stopped, and I placed an order for more, and so I got two of those cookies, the freebies, because I. I place two orders i didn't do it on purpose but it was kind of nice because then i didn't have to share it with chris i could have my own and i try come out may 15th for national chocolate chip cookie day oh my gosh by the way i gotta tell you i think i tried every fucking cookie (laughs) i went to go mail some to a friend but i ended up eating all of them instead (laughs) because i there's one other piece to the package that i have to get and i was like i'm too lazy to get it right now these are ruby snap cookies cookies, by the way people in case you (laughs) don't listen to our show yes they're so good it was it was it was lovely but i didn't eat lovely. the chocolate and mint one because that's gross oh that's i love good. the chocolate mint one it's my favorite i really like the uh the one that's got the apricots in it the oatmeal cookie with the, the apricots and stuff that's pretty good and the coconut the, chocolate the snickerdoodle good. one yeah the snickerdoodle that's good that's a good cookie. the horchata cookie Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we ended up with with pretty much one of everything after getting all of this stuff. I think that we ended up with one of all the stuff. And they they had were pretty shop. much all delicious. So they are. They weren't pretty much all delicious. Every single one of them was delicious. So anyway, that's going to do it for the night. Um, don't uh, go go help someone local. Don't go help. No, someone help, local. go help someone local. <laughs> go help someone local. Uh, don't be a dick. Don't be a racist. And you need to fucking wear your face mask. Like a regular face mask wearing person. Don't cover your nose and your mouth with whatever that you choose to wear. <laughs>